0: Thank you for joining us for Healthline 3. I'm Jade Balexa. Dr. Donald Sorrells of Willis-Knighton Pediatric Surgical Associates is here to talk about a special topic, kids, things they swallow or aspirate. And this happens when kids put things in their mouths that don't belong there. Dr. Sorrells, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having us.
0: Absolutely. Well, tell me, how commonly do you see kids in the emergency room for this? So uh, we we see kids a lot more
1: frequently than you would think. And at willis and South, we draw from essentially the whole Northern Louisiana area. Um, that hospital system is equipped with uh, pediatric anesthesiologists uh, to take care of those kids. Plus we have specialized equipment for the different ages, you know, we would use uh, certain instruments for very small infants versus uh, teenagers. Um, so everything is sized, and we have uh, uh, a really good staff and a really good system.
0: Mm-hmm. What have you seen here lately in the emergency room? This past week, you were talking about some different cases you had.
1: Right. So this past week, uh, we had um, a little girl who aspirated half of a peanut. So the peanut got into her um, right main stem bronchus. The oil on the peanut, the uh, oil on the nut itself is actually irritating to the respiratory mucosa. Um, and that if it's left there, uh, that can cause pneumonia, um, cause a lot of chronic inflammation in the lung. Um, so it needs to be removed. Um, then we had another 14 year old who Uh, aspirated a push pin thumbtack and that was in the airway as well Um, and then we had a a third child in the past five days that had swallowed several magnets and the problem with magnets is if you just swallow one um, the child usually will just pass the magnet you know pass out Uh, but if you swallow two then the two magnets can be in two different Loops of bowel or two different parts of the intestine, and they'll actually come together inside the abdomen and cause a fistula. Um, and frequently, you'll get a bowel obstruction. So that that child had to have an operation to have that fixed.
0: Wow, that sounds like that could be dangerous, if, dangerous. if you don't remove them.
1: Right, right. It's very dangerous.
0: Uh huh. Well, tell us, uh, what are the symptoms that ch- children can often have when they swallow something they're not supposed to? So the, the, the older children
1: uh, can tell you, you know, the three, four or five and older. Uh, they'll tell you if they have something stuck in their throat. Uh, they can tell you what they swallowed. Um, what's harder to figure out is if you have, you know, an infant or a one year old or two year old that's, you know, not talking. Um, Their symptoms, they tend to stop eating. uh, If they've had the ingestion for a long time and it's causing an injury to the esophagus, they may have fever. Um, So, you know, frequently what I see is, you know, moms will bring the child in or the parent will bring the child in and you know they're not sure exactly what's wrong but their radar is saying that something's wrong you know the child's not acting right not eating not you know behaving normally um and then you know once they come to the emergency room they do their evaluation and then a lot of times they're you know going to get their x-rays and they'll see those objects on the x-ray um Mm -hmm. you know because they're not all of them but a lot of them are metal um, and so it'll show up but it's just important to, to kind of recognize depending on the, the child kind of what's going on.
0: Talk to me about what we're seeing on the screen here, doctor.
1: So this is a picture of a young child, um, an infant, who had a disc battery, uh, which those disc batteries are in your um, car's key fob or maybe in a remote, uh, but everybody has those uh, kind of in their household but the baby swallowed this and you can see the disc battery right there at the upper chest. Um, and then on the film on the right, you see it kind of on its side. And the problem with that is that that disc battery in the esophagus will actually discharge and cause an injury, an electrical injury to the esophagus. Um, and that injury can occur within two hours of that battery being in, in, in place.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, and I think the next picture may show the uh, endoscopy. Okay, so that's the disc battery, oh. and there's some tissue that's attached to the battery. Um, that's, that's pieces of esophagus, the, the lining of the esophagus. Um, so those batteries are dangerous, um, and they should be kept out of reach of, especially infants and young children's um, reach, uh, because they'll, they'll s- swallow them or try to swallow them. And I think the next picture shows, yeah, that's an endoscopy picture. So the picture that's in the upper left, which just shows kind of pink tissue, Mm -hmm. that's normal tissue. And then if you see the other uh, pictures, the other three pictures that shows kind of that gray or dark, darkened um, areas, that's actually injury to the esophagus itself from that disc battery. So it can be severe enough that it will actually call, cause what they call mediastinitis, which is um, essentially an infection in the center of the chest. Um, and it's possible if it's not treated soon enough, um, I mean, the infant or the, the child could die from that. Um, so those, those disc batteries are, I mean, they're important important part of our modern life, but you also need to be aware that for kids, Uh, It can be dangerous.
0: So is there anything a parent can do if they're en route to the emergency room?
1: So yes, Uh, recently what the recommendation is, and this is kind of interesting, they recommend using honey. Uh, So you can take a tablespoon of honey and give it to the child uh, every 10 minutes and that honey will actually coat the battery and it will um, decrease the amount of injury to the esophagus until they can get to definitive care uh, and somebody like me uh, or another surgeon can remove the battery from the esophagus
0: because it looked like in that one x-ray picture that that disc battery was just taking up the whole space of the esophagus like blocking it
1: right it um, relative to that infant size that Mm -hmm. is a a fairly large object but Mm -hmm. I, you know, I mean, kids—they swallow stuff. They swallow just the oddest things, um, and you know, you just have to be aware that that can happen. Um, what's What's hard for some parents is is sometimes they see it, they witness the child doing it, um, and then they know. But then other times they they don't witness it because uh, it happens so fast. Um, and the only symptom that they have is that the child's just not eating, he's just you know, drooling or yeah. not acting right, or, or, or you know, and, and they just have to have a low threshold to go ahead and take them to the pediatrician or take them to the emergency room um, to get them evaluated and you know, get an x-ray, get it checked.
0: Mm-hmm. And tell us, what are some other dangerous objects to children?
1: So we talked about batteries, not batteries, we talked about batteries. Uh, mm-hmm. not batteries. Uh, we talked about batteries but uh, magnets. So magnets, um, you know, you find those uh, in toys sometimes, uh, you find them in the grocery store, uh, sometimes out in the you know, kitchen in the shop or whatever. But um, if you swallow more than one battery or a child swallows more than one battery, uh, those batteries can kind of come together and bring different loops of intestine together. And then that will cause, because it once it sticks together, it'll stay together. It'll cause a fistula, um, and usually cause a bowel obstruction. It may perforate, cause sepsis. Um, so, yeah, batteries are batteries. More than one battery is bad for a child to ingest. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, other objects that we see uh, ingested, obviously uh, caustic ingestions, um, things like uh, oven cleaners. Uh, detergents those should be kept out of you know a child's reach uh, that can cause a lot of injury to the esophagus um, or to the um, mouth uh, and the oral cavity
0: mm-hmm how often do you see children with a food bolus stuck in the esophagus so we see that probably at least a couple times
1: a month um, the interesting thing is is that um, in the past we would go in uh, and you know, identify the food bolus that's in the esophagus. And there's a picture of a food bolus on the right, um, and you can see sort of a contrast study uh, over on the left. But we would we would push that into the stomach because once it gets to the stomach, it's you know it it'll get digested and you know um, pass through. But a lot of these kids, what we found is, is that a lot of these kids will actually have a, a certain type of inflammation of the esophagus. So um, their esophagus just doesn't work as well as, you know, other kids' esophagus. So uh, they, they call that eosinophilic esophagitis. So if we find these kids that have a food bolus, we can push it into the stomach and then, um, either at the time that we do that or later on, we can biopsy the esophagus and if they have eosinophilic esophagitis, we can treat them with steroids and that will usually decrease the chance that that will happen again.
0: Mm-hmm. What What are the implications of this? Um,
1: usually a food bolus, I mean, because they come in, because they, they, they're, they're usually older, so they know that something's stuck in their esophagus. Um, usually the implications, there, there aren't any you you know long term implications um they're treated with the steroids uh for a while and then usually it resolves and they they're not chronically on the the orally ingested steroids um but it um by identifying the underlying problem and treating it you're um hopefully avoiding them having another food bolus getting stuck in the esophagus because the esophagus just has poor motility mm-hmm. so
0: and when kids aspirate a foreign body, what are the symptoms there? I mean, how, how do you know?
1: So uh, they can do a lot of different things when they aspirate a foreign body. I've had infants uh, who've aspirated uh, some foreign bodies, and we'll show you some pictures of those, that they actually turn blue uh, because they, that foreign body gets stuck high up in the airway um, and that's very life-threatening, that's an emergency. They have to go to the, the operating room immediately to have that removed and it has to be removed safely, uh, which takes a little bit of expertise to kind of get that uh, taken care of. So this picture, um, this is a bolt. There you can see the little small bolt on the x-ray and then you can see the end of the bolt that's in the right main stem uh, bronchus in the middle picture and then the picture up on the far corner just shows uh the bronchus after we remove the bolt and then i've got a little picture of the bolt over on the side there um yeah these these objects i you know i think sometimes kids play with things in their mouth maybe they get scared and they gasp and you know when they get scared and they gasp or you know something happens or whatever uh, that object kind of gets in the right spot, and then it gets just kind of sucked down into the airway, um, and you've you know you've got this foreign body that's down in the in the lung. Um, I think the next picture, maybe the next picture, yeah. So these are these are some of the interesting objects that I've removed from oh my gosh. kids' airways. The middle picture is probably the oddest thing that I've ever removed from a what child's airway. That? That's is that actually like a, a, wasp. That's a, a wasp. It's a wasp. It's a wasp. So, so that wasp, I believe, came from a, a, a nest because it was all kind of uh-huh. curled up or whatever. But um, this child was about 15 months old, uh, came into the emergency room, was turning blue, was coughing, uh, you know, we got a chest x-ray real quick and then took the you know, child to the operating room. I stuck a scope in and when I looked in, in that bronchus, I don't have pictures of this, but when I looked in at that bronchus, I could see the insect's head looking back at me. Mm. Yeah, it was very, very odd. Um, and then, you know, we have different instruments to remove kind of different objects uh, because we see it enough um, and we removed it. And I was I was actually shocked that in that 15 month old, there was a essentially a fully formed uh, wasp that was just kind of laying in there. The picture on the uh, far side is an airsoft uh, pellet one of those um, little BBs Uh and then uh, the other picture in the dish is like a little bead from a bracelet Mm -hmm. but um, I remember one case this was a long time ago uh, you know you have those Bic pins the the, Mm -hmm. just a standard crystal clear Bic pin and you have Mm -hmm. the cap on the top of it Um, well if you notice that cap has a hole at the top right uh-huh. it's it's you know which you cap it but it doesn't really completely seal the pin well i had a uh this was like a 13 year old girl she would chew on the pin and her dad was on her he, he kept telling her to quit doing that and she of course didn't quit doing that and one of her friends scared her and she aspirated the cap of that pin down into her lung okay Ooh, so when my she, goodness so when she came into the emergency room you could listen to her lung on that side where the cap was, and you could hear kind of a whistling of the air going through that cap. But she wasn't really worried about me taking her to the operating room. What she was worried about was her dad finding out.
0: Because <laughs> he told You're her right? not to and I He told, to her, to. He told I, her to quit doing I, that. I told
1: her I couldn't help her with that. I could get the pin top <laughs> out, but I can't help her with the the, the dad's gonna find out uh-huh but anyway
0: how, how do you how do you do that operation how, how did you how did you get that out how did you get that pin pin cap out so
1: we have um, about five or six different sets and they're different size instruments but uh, it's a rigid metal tube and then it has a long optical uh, lens and then we have um, I don't know probably... Ten or 15 different graspers so there's actually a grasper for peanuts specifically because a peanut if you if you grab the nut you know with the i don't know something that will crush it then you drop all these little pieces of peanut down into the lung and you have all that inflammation so we have a special cupped grasper just for peanuts we have a grasper for coins we have a grasper for uh things that are hard to grab like a marble you know, like a, uh, or a uh, hard ball, uh, we have these little spiral baskets that will actually come out. You can kind of look in endoscopically and the spiral basket will come out and grab the, the marble or the ball to kind of pull it out. Um, so we, it, it's a real, it, it's it, it's a very cool um, set of instruments to kind of get that out safely. And at and South, we have Every single one of those sets for every single age, we have two sets for each age, um, because obviously, if you're um, in a child's airway and you're trying to pull something out, and maybe something you know is not working or doesn't work, uh, you don't have time for them to clean it. You know, they just have the other set. We break open the other set, and we you know keep going, because um, you really a lot of times you don't have an excess of time. You have a short amount of time to get that out and get it out safely. Mm.
0: Thank goodness for tools and doctors like you, Dr. Sorrells. Okay, we have Brenda on the line right now. Good afternoon to you, Brenda. What is your question? Well, I talked this um, episode just a few minutes ago, so I really didn't hear all of what he was talking about. Um, So is this just the children or does this apply for adults too. I have I have it. sometimes with the Coke tabs, these little metal aluminum coke tabs. And when you open a Coke can, sometimes it'll fall down inside. And I have been known to drink my drink with it. And then sometimes my grandkids will come behind me and still grab it and then they'll drink it. What would happen if they
1: it and I swallow it. So that, that's an excellent question. Um, thanks for your question. So um, I, I am a pediatric surgeon, so I deal mainly with uh, babies and kids, but this does happen with adults as well. Um, you know, thankfully with adults, your esophagus and everything else is bigger. Um, so if you swallow something, it more than likely is just going to pass, you know, through your intestinal system and and out. Um, but if you have symptoms, if you're having abdominal pain or vomiting, or, uh, you're having difficulty swallowing, then that's something that would need to be evaluated. Um, adults do just like kids sometimes aspirate things into their airway. Um, and, uh, those have to be removed as well. Um, usually with adults, they'll have a lot of coughing, uh, they'll notice that they have irritation in their chest, um, and, they, and they usually know that they aspirated something. I mean, usually. So, you, you know, you'd want to seek medical attention if that happened, but it, it happens with adults as well, just as well, just um, probably not as common of an issue as with children because they're small and kind of like, you know, Jade had mentioned, the objects are relative to their size are bigger and they tend to get stuck.
0: Thank you, Brenda, for that. We appreciate you. Yeah, and you think about children and, and babies, the systems are just more delicate and, and children are growing. and like you said, uh, adults, I guess uh, you know we're, we're older and our systems can kind of kind of push everything out. Right, right. I'm, I, I think that
1: um, if we knew, Um, how many objects, you know, kids and and older kids and even adults, you know, ingest. uh, I mean, the the denominator of that number is probably very, very large. Mm -hmm. The number that surgeons actually see or that we see is is just a small, you know, portion of that uh, where, you know, the, the child has symptoms or maybe because of the object that they, you know, ingested, it's dangerous, like the disc battery. Or like magnets Um, so yeah I I think there's probably a lot of ingestions that you know happen that um, just sort of resolve
0: themselves. Wow that's that's interesting to think. I mean what would you what advice would you give parents at home to maybe keep these (laughs) items out of kids mouths?
1: So I think I, I think just realizing that, especially with the with an infant, you know, a, a one-year-old, one-and-a-half-year-old, two-year-old, that if it's laying on the cabinet, if it's laying on the coffee table, if it's somewhere within their reach, um, they're extremely quick, and they will grab it, and they will put it in their mouth. Uh, so, you know, if you just do a cursory kind of run through your house, make sure that those objects are not, you know, they're put up, they're in a... You know cabinet or high enough that the child can't get to them um, because obviously we would prefer not to have to operate on anybody's child for any of these ingestions um, but i think it's just you know it's just something that you may not think about uh, until it happens um, and certainly if you have any magnets uh, i would either put them away or if you don't need them throw them away um, Because I can, you know, those we don't really have other than operating on a child that has ingested magnets that have kind of caused a bowel obstruction. We don't have any other way to get that resolved. Um, So that's a particularly um, dire situation for the for the for the baby.
0: Have you ever had an object you weren't able to remove? So I have. I have. Um, uh, If you have something that's really
1: really small. Um, and it gets uh... they they aspirated into the airway um, and then you put in the scope and you go as far down as you can into the airway sometimes that object can be beyond what you can see so it's it's just too far out into the little small airways um, and if that's the case then usually depending on the object the body will kind of wall it off or scar it in um, and it's usually harmless, or not gonna cause a problem. Um, I did have one child, uh, this has been a number of years ago. Again, this was a push pin. Uh, the child aspirated a push pin into the bronchus. Um, he didn't tell anybody because he thought he would get in trouble. And then um, two or three years later, uh, after the kid had had several bouts of pneumonia um, and, and infection in the lung, uh, somebody realized because the part of the push pin you know has a plastic cap and then it just has the little metal sliver um, they finally on an x-ray saw that little metal sliver of the of the push pin portion of it and um, we went in to you know to do the bronchoscopy and to look for it and to pull it out and that push pin had completely incorporated into the wall of the bronchus wow. so it was it was no longer you, you were you were no no longer able to grasp it or remove it through the airway endoscopically um, because that child had recurrent infections. We actually had to go through the chest, so we had to go into the chest and go from the outside make a make an incision into the bronchus and physically remove it and then stitch up the bronchus.
0: But the the push pin had actually caused infections.
1: Yes, yes, because the 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 um, the push pin itself obstructs the bronchus, so it, it it's kind of a foreign body or or something physical that just sort of blocks the mm-hmm. airway, the passages, um, and that will cause a backup of mucus, and that mucus is a nidus for bacteria to infect it, and then they have uh, just kind of recurrent infections, and those you know, until it kind of gets embedded into the wall, the bronchus, those objects will kind of move when you cough. So they'll clear a little bit of the mucus. Uh, you treat them with antibiotics, the lung will clear up and then they'll get infected again. And it's just kind of back and forth. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, occasionally we have something that we can't remove. And depending on what it is, uh, sometimes we just leave it. If it's really, really small, and it's really, really distal, if it's, um, in one of the main airways, and it's embedded in the airway, then we may have to surgically go after it.
0: Mm. Wow, that's that's just so incredible, and it, so I mean, it, it's really important that the children speak up if they swallow something. I mean, you know, if you're an older child, for sure. Right, right. They need to
1: um, they need to let the parent know, and and typically. Um, not that a teenager's less honest, but the, but the ones that are going to hide it tend to be the teenagers because they want to mm-hmm. get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Usually the younger kids will let mom know or let dad know or let somebody know uh, that they've swallowed something or they've ingested something or they're coughing because of something. Um, but, yeah, they need to let them know. Um, and, uh, yeah, because the sooner we can the sooner we can intervene and do something, the less Inflammation in the lung, uh, the less in, the less infection in the lung, or like if you're talking about the disc battery in the esophagus, the less injury to the esophagus. So yeah, the sooner the better.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so tell us, you were you you showed us um, some of the pictures of the different items you removed. What would you say is the most interesting?
1: Well, the wasp was. Uh, Probably the most surprising. Um, I've taken out um, over the years um, the cap from a bic pen. I've taken out a uh, Hot Wheel, the the wheel off a Hot Wheels car. I've taken that out of the airway. Um, several BBs. Uh, I've had a lot of coins in the esophagus. Um, everything from quarters to dimes to pennies. Um and uh yeah, that's probably probably the most uh, the most the most interesting is probably the wasp because I was not expecting that.
0: What would you say to a parent who um you know notices that their child has swallowed something and they're just in panic mode how how would you how would you calm them down?
1: So I think you know they if they know that their child has ingested something um, like a caustic ingestion or like a disc battery or uh, even a magnet, um, they need to go to the emergency room, uh, have that you know evaluated, um, and they'll get an X-ray, they'll assess the child, um, and you know there, there's nothing that the, there's nothing that the parent, did wrong I mean they didn't put it in the child's mouth and they didn't you know that that's what kids do they put stuff in their mouth they aspirate that that's just what kids do mm-hmm. um, and so it's not their fault uh, they just need to you know go ahead and expeditiously get to the emergency room get that evaluated uh, make sure it's not a problem um, and then if it is an issue then we'll you know we we have the tools to take care of it and we'll we'll take care of it
0: Absolutely. How can people contact you if they have questions? So they can call
1: our uh, office, uh, which is 318-212-5880. They can also um, call Wills Night and South, and uh, we're always available.
0: All right, that sounds good. Well, thank you for this. This was very informative. A a lot of things I didn't know about um, children and and swallowing different items is really eye-opening and and I know it happens a lot. And that's why you're here. So thank goodness for you and the work you do. I appreciate you, Dr. Sorrells. Thank you, Jade. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us for Healthline 3. Join us tomorrow for another edition.